Church of Christ presents The Invitation of Advent. The reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman presented on Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. Please pray with me. Holy One of old, be in the speaking and listening this morning, in the meditation of all of our hearts, for it is you to whom and for whom our hearts cry out. Amen. About a year ago, well, no, about a year into, the, into COVID, I went in for a physical, and I got some lab work results that made me take notice, and not in the good way. Apparently, just sitting around in my home eating all the carbs for an entire year was only good at protecting me from COVID and not from anything else. I was basically healthy enough that I could make changes to my habits that would forestall the worst outcomes that I was, of the path I was headed down. I was very lucky, and I started going for walks every day. I went for longer and longer walks, and then I went for some hikes, until eventually I was able to start running, going back to something I have loved since I was a child, something I had let go of years before, and it was like finding myself again and coming home. I ran and I ran and I ran, and it was joyous. And then, about two months ago, out of nowhere, with no particular event, I injured my knee. I woke up in shrieking pain and could not bear weight on my left leg. Four weeks of total rest, not only no running, no dancing in the kitchen, no jogging, no walking, just icing, elevating, and sitting. Two weeks later, I finally started going back out for a walk, and I built up slowly. I was feeling good. And then on an unexpectedly gorgeous and sunny afternoon when the autumn colors were d delicious and vibrant, some lively Irish music came up on my Spotify list in my AirPods, and I could not help myself. I had to run. And I trotted happily along for about a mile, and then I caught myself and said, OK, you better walk. So I walked the second mile, and then more happy music came on, so I ran some more and did not pay attention to the fact that I was going downhill. A long downhill run is like a pound on your knee. <laughs> that was unwise. The mile and a half that I limped home was really, really long <laughs> and painful. So now I have a little worksheet with PT exercises that I'm allowed to do, and if I'm very careful, I'm allowed to walk on the track for one mile. And I'm also allowed to take walks in the neighborhood if it's flat. Very ginger, very slow walks. Slow enough that I get a good, close look at all the houses in the neighborhood. The ones that are around the corner where I don't typically drive to go in and out of my neighborhood. The ones that I've run past a million times but never really paid attention to. The lights this year, I have to tell you, are really, really bright. The neighbors who live diagonally across from me seem to have gotten this started. They were the first to put their lights up, and they're beautiful, and they're a lot. There is a large blow-up Santa Claus, and apparently Santa has a very large extended family because 
There are many of them in different shapes and sizes. And there are lights that blink and flash, but not in sync with one another. I love their exuberance. And also, I'm very glad that our family room, where David and I read or watch TV in the evening, is at the back of the house, because I think it would give me a stroke, <laughs> those blinking, out-of-sync lights. The funny thing is, this family has only lived in that house for a couple of years. And the couple that lived there before them also had a lot of blinking lights that did not blink in sync. And the family that lived there before that, they decorated the yard with blinking lights for Christmas and Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and Halloween. I think it must be in the purchase and sale agreement. You have to blink. <laughs> Whatever it is, this year, it seems to have sparked a competition up and down the block, up and down our road, and all around the block, because wow, it is a lot. Maybe it's just that I'm moving a lot more slowly, and I'm noticing it more. I don't mean to be churlish. I love Christmas lights. I love all of it. I love the cheer and the sweetness of the lights. I love the decorations, the music, the bustle. I love everything about the Christmas season. And this year, as I make my ginger way around the block, hoping to build my strength back and not re-injure my knee, the lights seem too bright. It's too much. It's overwhelming me. They're painfully bright, as if they're making a promise they can't keep, as if they're screaming our toxic positivity at me. Just be cheerful. You know that feeling you have when you're in a store and you hear jingle bells for the 999th time and it's December 1st? It's like that. If the command performance cheer of the season is rubbing against the reality of the world for you too, the Advent texts we are offered are quite an antidote. As Rev. Reverend Debbie Thomas put it in a recent commentary, according to the week's readings, the Christian year begins in lamentation. The whole world thinks of us as beginning our year at Christmas in joy, but we begin at the first Sunday of Advent, and we begin in reality and lamentation. Advent is not a time for denial of the real world we live in, or mere polite piety. The invitation of Advent, of acknowledging a season before Christmas, is to avoid settling for the cheer that our culture wants to offer us and holding on to hope for something deeper, for the joy of Christmas. Our culture wants to use our cheer to sell us stuff, but there's a deeper joy underneath that bright cheer. Nothing wrong with cheer, but underneath it is something deeper and more to be hoped for something more satisfying and long-lasting than simple cheerfulness, which comes and goes with our moods. Advent is a time to allow the radical honesty of scripture to make us honest, too. How long will you be angry with your people's prayers, the psalmist cries out in desperation. Because you hid yourself, we have transgressed, cries the prophet. During Advent, we are invited to set aside all our pretending, to stop trying to make God's sometime hiddenness from us okay, to get real with 
all the things we feel. Our world is not okay, is what these Advent readings are declaring to us in stark and unflinching terms. God's apparent absence is not fine. It's hurting us. It hurts sometimes so much that we can barely breathe. The news fills our hearts and imaginations with stories that are sometimes maybe more than we can endure. What our eyes reluctantly witness every day on the news can be overwhelming. Sometimes we may not be able to endure it. We long for a savior to rend the heavens and come down, to break open this world and come into it and fix it for us. The very ferocity of our longing can be wearying to our souls. Hope itself can become a grind, another thing we have to perform. So the first gift of Advent is the permission to tell the truth, even if that truth is laced with sorrow. We are invited to describe life on Earth as it is, and not as we sometimes mistakenly assume our religion requires us to pretend it already is. The hope for future is a hope. We don't need to pretend if it isn't already here for us. Into our surrounding culture, with its denial and its spin and its brightness and its hedonism, we are called to speak the whole truth. We need God. Spirit, holy mystery, eternal love, wisdom, however you name that, that is what holds us and delivers us and restores us. And we need that, that God, that Holy Spirit, eternal love to show up. We need God to stay and we need God to love and hold us. We are created for intimacy with a just, gracious, and profoundly compassionate spirit. And when that intimacy is missing, we suffer. So the first gift of Advent is telling the whole truth, the joy and the sorrow, the longing and the confusion, the certainty and the unknowing. The second gift of the season is less a gift than a discipline. It's the discipline of waiting, of going slowly. My body obviously got the message from the universe that this was not something I was going to be able to do on my own, and so it gave me a little injury to slow me down. My spirit has not yet settled with that. But during Advent, we are invited to live with quiet anticipation of the not quite yet. We are invited to stop rushing and decide to call sacred what is yet unprocessed and unformed. Eugene Peterson calls the Christian life a long obedience in the same direction. And I don't think we can get any more countercultural than that, of keeping our face turned towards hope in a long obedience in the same direction. If the secular world speeds past darkness to the safe certainty of light, then Advent reminds us that necessary things, things worth waiting for, happen in the soft, fertile darkness. Next spring, seeds break open in dark winter soil. 
God's spirit hovers over dark water, preparing to create worlds. The child we yearn for grows in the deep darkness of the womb. This learning to wait for God is like learning a new form of physical exercise. You have to practice it and tone it like a muscle and shape it over a period of time. It doesn't come easy, easily, just like going for that first run doesn't come easily. To sit and wait for God, not in bitter, bitterness, not with cynicism, but also not with fake or pretend piety. To sit and wait with our whole self, however we are, that's serious spiritual work. And it is the invitation of Advent to wait. And third, Advent is a time to prepare for the God who is coming to us, a God who is always coming to us, a God who will turn out to be different from the one we expect and maybe even the one we hope to find. In the passage that begins, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, Isaiah longs for a very big God to do very big things. He goes on to recall the history of Exodus and asks God to do that kind of awesome deed, like parting a sea, make mountains quake, make fire, come so that we know it. Who among us has not prayed that kind of prayer? Bring an end to the war in Israel and Gaza. Protect the refugees. Save the people in the West Bank. Spare the children. Save us. Why not go farther? Ask for more. Eradicate all illness. End hunger. Root out corruption. Destroy systemic racism. Thwart corporate greed. Protect this wounded planet before we ravage it past saving. And most of all, shield us, us humans, O oh Lord, from, the painful, from our painful self-destructive selves. Save us from us. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. I don't believe we should stop praying those prayers, asking God to come down and fix it. But while we pray, we remember the God who is limitless chooses limits. One womb, one mother, one backwater town, one ancient century years ago, one brief life, one agonizing death, one resurrection, and one ongoing presence. Advent is a time to repair to receive the gift of God's presence, the God who is always coming to us. So here we are, exactly where we need to be. Here we are wrestling with the brokenness of the world and the hiddenness of God. Here we are voicing our laments and registering our yearnings. Here we are waiting. Here we are preparing ourselves for the God who is always coming to us. We don't need to be afraid to pray prayers of honest longing and lament woven into all our other prayers, our prayers of joy and gratitude and relief. Prayers of lament do not deny those other prayers. While the world is full of cheer, in the church we tell the whole truth, pain and joy, and we wait and we pray.
We practice patience, we hope fiercely, and we live boldly. The invitation of Advent is to hold two truths tightly with open hands. The world is desolate. The world is beautiful. People are capable of and seemed to determined to carry out immense evil. People are capable of and seem determined to carry out at any cost immense good. Evil is real and powerful. God is real and good and foundational and more lasting than evil. All th these things are true and God is with us through all of it. Deep in the gathering dark, something tender is forming, something beautiful, something for the world's saving waits to be born. May it, this Advent, be born in us again and again. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. listen.